Hi, this is Dave Bernight with Guide.Stitch, a series that looks at the intersection between theater and poetry in the Edgelands, in the wilderness. So uh, in today's episode, I'm going to read from, as I like to do, from other people's work occasionally, uh, not just my own all the time. Um, and this one is from wonderful uh, performer, writer uh, named Deborah Pearson. And I'm just pulling it up here. Um, and this is a piece called The Future, The Future Show. Uh, and it's uh, published by Oberon Modern Plays, which has been acquired by Bloomsbury Drama if you're wondering where Oberon is. Uh, but Oberon Books uh, uh, ran for a long time. Uh, it was founded as a, as a publishing house um, on, that was devoted mainly to the publication of Playtech's new writing, experimental new writing uh, for theater and performance. Uh, and then um, when it officially shut down, it was acquired uh, a part of the catalog was acquired by Bloomsbury Drama. Uh, that's just some context for you if you're wondering about a small short history of uh, the Bloomsbury uh, and Oberon connection. Um, but anyway, this is a, a play piece, a uh, performance piece called The Future Show by Deborah Pearson. And I'm just going to read um, from the published text. I'm just going to read, it was published in 2015. Uh, I'm going to read from uh, the second section, which is called Lisbon. Uh, so, and these are kind of writings from performances um, that occurred in different cities. So, um, it might it might make sense once I start reading. Um, so, this is from the future show uh, Lisbon, which is a the second chapter in this book. The second of three performances performed at the Culture Geist Guest at Lisbon, Portugal, performed as a double bill with Tim Crouch and Andy Smith's What Happens to the Hope at the End of the Evening, September 28, 2014, my 21st rewrite of the script. I will say the length of a breath, breathe in, breathe out, and then stop speaking. I will move this chair backwards, walk in front of this table, and stand in front of you. After I do that, you will clap, even those of you who are a bit bored will clap because it's a comfortable way to signal an ending. You will clap as though you are also breathing out. This hour is gone, and now you can move on with the rest of your lives. I will make eye contact with one of you whose face I know and sort of bow, nod, and smile all in one action like this. I will motion towards the tech booth and the people who are operating this show right now with my hand like this. And you will clap for them, too. Then I will get up to walk out through that door. 
Now you will notice that I have a slight limp as I walk because one of my legs will fall asleep during this performance. The door will shut and you will continue clapping, but you will remember that I didn't say I would come back for a second bow. And so you will have the odd feeling of clapping for a performer who isn't there anymore. And you will stop midair. You'll put your hands down to the side and breathe out like this. One of you will think, so that's it. One of you will wonder whether or not to, to take your program. One of you will look around for the hat you thought you put under the seat. One of you will squeeze your partner's hand. And one of you will get up quickly to go to the bathroom between this show and Tim and Andy's show. One of you will look at the stage and think it looks different. One of you will wonder where I've gone. And one of you will have nearly forgotten about me completely. I will be the tiny wormhole that flashes when you turn off a television set. I will be in a small but compact dressing room somewhere behind that curtain, looking in a mirror and contemplating this wrinkle. I will remember when my friend's mother told me I would get a wrinkle there if I didn't stop furring my brow. And I will remember that I was seven years old then. I will think about how in past versions of the show, I had described myself needing to look for this wrinkle, angling my head in different ways in order to catch its contour in the light. But how in this most recent version of the future show doesn't make sense to describe myself looking for the wrinkle anymore. It is now clearly visible. I will remember my friend joking that in the next version of the show, I can say that people in the very back row of the audience will have already noticed this wrinkle. I will spread the wrinkle with my two fingers like this and then furrow my brow ten times, like the woman I saw on YouTube did, who said you could reduce frown lines through facial yoga. I will remember that I read that the calculating parts of the brain are located behind the eyebrows. So I will think that in one sense, I could see this wrinkle as a mark of complex thought rather than worry. I will think that these are both likely a result of my PhD. I will contemplate this new and now permanent part of my face. I will put my finger on it like this and decide to feel safe. My phone will vibrate on the dressing room countertop. My husband will have just arrived at the airport from London, and I will text him directions to the venue. I will write, It looks like if Julius Caesar, Stalin, and Rupert Murdoch became one person in the 1980s and wanted to construct a minimalist palace to intimidate everyone with. I will press send and hope that my directions will translate comfortably to a cab driver who may or may not speak any English. I will walk through the gold door that leads out of my dressing room into a very large, very dark space that the curtain behind me is hiding. Tip Crouch and Andy Smith will be knelt on either side of a fairly low table which is a prop in their show that Francisco told me they sourced from the National Theater. They will be having an arm wrestle 
Andy will be concentrating, and Tim will be laughing very hard. I will look over at them. This is our new warm-up, Tim will say. We thought we'd try it out tonight. I will not be sure if Tim is joking or not. Andy will win. They will both start laughing, and I will make a mental note that arm wrestles are fun, and I should challenge someone to one as soon as possible. I will look over at the covered piano backstage next to the table laden with fruits and tea, and I will wonder if anyone I know has played that piano. I will look up at the digital clock above the piano. It will say 10.40. You will be out there, stood in a large gray lobby with curves instead of angles between the wall and the floor, curves that looked like they were originally designed to be skateboarding jumps, which were too dangerous to use, and so were shipped into an art center instead. You will be wondering who designed these great curves and when they were put on in. You heard it was a visual artist, but you will not be able to remember their name. Just then, you will look over the door and see me. I will have changed out of this outfit that you hadn't realized was a costume into a shirt and jeans. We will make eye contact and it will be a little awkward. My eye makeup will look slightly odd, as though it was hurriedly removed a few minutes ago. I will look away and begin looking around the lobby for a face that I know, a face that I can hold on to, like a rope in dark waters. I will spot Becky, my producer, and she will come up to me and smile sweetly. She will say, so, is it all going as you said it would? And I will say, so far, yes. It is all going exactly as I'd said it would. She will say that she's going to get a drink if I would like one, and I will say that it sounds be lovely. I will walk towards the television, over to the canteen with her, and I will notice the place where the gray floor ends and reveals a coral and beige colored tiles. Tiles will remind me of a doctor's office I used to go to as a child. Becky will go up to the bar, and one of you will come up to me and smile and say, You saw the show. This show will be fresh in my mind and my body, overly sensitive electricity. And our conversation will be the mixture of relief and anxiety that usually comes the first time someone points out a new haircut. We will have a short conversation about the show where you will be complimentary, but then casually point out a structural flaw that is so fundamental that I will feel annoyed that I hadn't noticed it earlier. Now, you will not seem that bothered by it, but my mind will begin recalibrating quickly and furiously. Becky will bring me a beer, and then I will excuse myself to step out for some fresh air. I will walk through the silver doors that look like they belong in a kitchen or a submarine, remembering that in Portuguese, push means pull. As soon as I walk outside, I will remember the very large picture of me above the doors, on the poster for September 2014. The same poster I described in the show yesterday with the words, the future, written beneath me in chalk. I will have seen it three days in a row now, so the novelty of how big it is will have somewhat worn off. But I will suddenly wonder when that chalk on the street washed away. 
was it a week after we took the picture? A day after we took the picture? I will feel pleased with myself for thinking conceptually about this picture in a casual and nonplussed way, instead of just being really excited to see a large picture of myself, which was the overwhelming reaction that I had had yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. I will see a woman wearing a stripy top who will look very cool and beautiful as she smokes, and I will consider asking her for a cigarette, but I will reason that I don't really like smoking anyway, and it is poor form to use a cigarette as a fashion accessory. Someone will open the door to go back inside, and I will overhear an announcement. Ou spectaculo vai começar dentro de três minutos. I will move to go back inside when I will feel a tap on my shoulder. I will turn around and see a woman with a long beige coat and a short black bob. I will not have noticed her before, and I will not recognize her from this audience. She will say, so you think you know about the future? I will see that the smokers are butting out their cigarettes, rushing inside to get into Tim and Andy's show in time. I will suddenly remember a dream I had last night about a man with dog's teeth, where I was walking through a crowd in slow motion, and I couldn't run because my back foot felt like pulling a rope on weights. The woman with a short black bob will motion to open her coat. I will see that she is getting something from her coat. I will remember the time I met a man with a gun in his breast pocket on the London tube. The woman with a black bob and trench coat will have something in her inner pocket. I will peer and see that what she has is dark, but it will be moving. And then I will see a small gray ferret sleeping in her left breast pocket. This is Ricky she will say. I bet you didn't predict Ricky, she will say, after she says that the doors will be about to close for Tim and Andy, and we will both remember the part of the show where I did predict Ricky. That remembering will twitch and shiver like the gray fur of the sleeping ferret. She will close her coat and walk in the direction of the Casa Pastelario, where I wrote Friday's script. I will turn to go back inside, where I will see one last smoker butting out a cigarette. As we go inside, he will say, You know, in Portugal, it's illegal to keep ferrets as pets. I will get in the door of the auditorium just as the doors are closing, and my husband, running up with a suitcase from the airport, will join me. We will sit in the middle, right there. Andy and Tim will walk out onto the stage, confident and calm. I will have seen this show three times before, so I will feel caught between memory of the show, which will turn into anticipation of moments I know well, and finish with what's happening in front of me. It will feel like watching a live performance of a song I know well, lines popping up in the refrain that I know, waiting and looking forward to my favorite parts, the audience will be seeing everything with new eyes for the first time in that moment. And when they laugh, I will laugh. The show will end. I will put my shoes back on. The audience will applaud. Then Francisco will make an announcement. There is a short Q&A after the show with Tim, Andy, and myself in five minutes, if the audience wants to stay on for that.
it will feel very strange to be in and among the audience while people make the decision of whether to or not to stay to the Q&A or to go home. I will try not to look at any of you or eavesdrop on you discussing this. But the discussions will be primarily in Portuguese anyway, so it will be difficult to properly eavesdrop. Some of you will stay and some of you will go. My husband will go to the hotel. One of you will decide to go to a night at lounge on Rua da Moeda that one of your friends is DJ at. The friend you are here with tonight will want to stay for the Q&A and will not fancy going out dancing, so you will leave alone. You will get on at Arredo and then take the line Verde to Cais do Sodre. After getting out from the metro station, you will look at the sea for a moment, as you always do when you are near enough to the ocean to see it. Turn right on Avenue 24 de Julio, and then right onto Plaza Dom Luis until it turns into Rua da Modea. You will look at the disco ball through the window, and you will wonder if the person you really came here to see has arrived and is already inside. On this stage, four chairs will be arranged. Francisco will walk out and say a few words in Portuguese. Andy, Tim, and I will shuffle on stage, and we will seem different than before. Tim will not be wearing glasses. Francisco will sit there. Andy will sit there. Tim will sit there. And I will sit here. Francisco will begin by saying that he saw our performances at Forest Fringe in Edinburgh in 2013. And even then, they seem to share a certain sensibility. I will not, though I will also be intrigued about what he means by this. He will say that both of these pieces, it seems to him, are pieces that at their core are about theater and representation. Tim will say, that's interesting. I think a lot of my work is about representation. It's sort of an artistic obsession of mine. Though with this piece, it is in one sense about representation, but in another sense, it's about friendship, about the ways that friends grow apart and move on. But that moving on is not just about doing new activities or spending time with new people. It can exercise itself as an entirely different way of being in the world. The two friends in What Happens to the Hope have actually grown apart and developed different and somewhat incompatible ways of being in the world, being on stage, living. Francisco will pause and nod and then say, now, of course, if I don't ask this, someone in the audience will, but is there any truth in the story being played out on stage? Andy will field this question. Obviously, in my case, yes, I do live in the home where I describe myself living. My wife is really Norwegian, and my daughter is really named Maya. When we wrote the text, she was nearly four, and my wife was pregnant with our second child. Tim will interrupt, but in my case, I'm doing some acting. And then Andy will say, but the acting is also a metaphor. And even though Tim's character is fictional, that metaphor is real. Francisco will turn to me now. He will say, Deborah, you predicted this entire Q&A in your performance tonight. And I will say, yes, yes, I did. Uh, he will say, were you worried about giving the audience too much information about Tim and Andy's show before they saw it? I will pause, look at Tim and Andy, who will be watching me very carefully for an answer. And then I will say, 
Not really. I think the show speaks for itself. It's not like watching the movie The Sixth Sense or something. There's no twist. I think it's too sophisticated a piece of work to require a spoiler alert. And then Tim will say, but didn't you feel as though you were imposing your own critical lens on the audience before they even had a chance to see our show? I will say, well, possibly, but I feel like the responses you guys have given here at this talk are fairly abstract. And I also think that by now, most of the audience probably forgot what I predicted you would say in my show anyway. <laughs> One person in the audience will chuckle. And he will say, well, that guy remembers. You will walk out side after a night dancing and drinking at lounge bar and you will suddenly feel the slap of cold air it will feel like it's gluing a fine layer of dried sweat onto your skin a feeling that will be both disgusting and wonderful you will be walking with three people two of whom are friends but the third will be the person you came wanting to see the person you have a good feeling about you will all be walking up rua da moeda past parked cars and some old and new buildings all around the same size when you reach Rua da Sao Paulo, the four of you will stand at the corner outside of the Santander Tota Bank, and your two friends will say they are getting on the tram. You will look at the person you came to see, and you will decide that it's now or never. You will ask them if they want to walk. It's a nice night out, and it's only a few blocks. They will shrug their shoulders casually and say, sure, why not? One of your friends will have gotten the hint and will go to get on the tram, but another of your friends will not have gotten the hint and will begin to say that they would also like to walk. The friend who got the hint will try to encourage your other friend to come on the tram. Really, it's easier to get home that way, but your friend who did not get the hint will actually be quite drunk and will say emphatically that they want to walk. It's such a nice night. Eventually, all four of you will be on the tram. You will look over at the person you came here to see, the person you had a good feeling about, and they will look back at you and smile in a shy but kind way. It will feel like you lost an opportunity, but you won't know if this opportunity is lost forever or just for tonight. So that's uh, an excerpt from the Lisbon section of uh, Deborah Pearson's The Future Show, uh, which is a wonderful piece, um, published by Oberon Modern Plays, Bloomsbury Drama. Uh, check it out. Uh, more to come, as always. This is about you and I in this theater, you there in the dark, and I here, wondering who you are. Thanks for listening today or night.